manly movies where guys get together to shoot the breeze and talk about their favorite movies and the lessons they teach us about being a man. Just a quick intro, as always, I'm JB. I'm a husband, a father of two, a son, and a brother. I'm not an expert on any of those things, but I do the best that I can. I have a passion for film and a passion for discipleship, so why not mix the two? Movies can teach us a lot about life, and that's what we want to dive into. So let's get started. Joining me today is my friend Lamont English. Lamont, what's going on, buddy? Man, I'm doing great, brother. Thanks for uh, the invite. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm glad. I've been meaning to get you on here for a while. I've had your buddy Curry on here before. I was going to do a a shout out to my boy. What up, Curry? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, hopefully he'll be, I'm, I'm sure he'll be listening to this at some point when I get it out there on the airwaves. But uh, real quick, before we get into the film, let's go over what have you been watching lately that you would want to recommend? Man, yeah, bro. I've been watching uh, Bel Air, Morgan Cooper's new joint, Dog. The finale dropped today, homie. Had a brother on the couch tearing up during lunchtime, man. You want to talk about some lessons about manhood and some redemptive storylines. And of course, it's not a Christian show. So there's some stuff on there that, of course, we ain't going to agree with. But, you know, I'm a firm believer, man, in common grace and that there's echoes of God in a lot of secular media, a lot of bridges to be built, points of common uh, commonality. So, yeah, man, Bel Air, love it. Fire first season. Highly recommend the show. A lot of different themes and messages to really dissect and go into. Yeah, man, that's really been like the only thing I've been going through. Uh, you know, me and my wife, man, we're going through the last season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. That's that's our guilty pleasure. So, uh, you know, going through that last season. But yeah, man, I mean, honestly, it's just been about Bel Air lately, bro. Nice. As far as me, I, I watch a lot of stuff, but I, I want to take the time to mention a film that's just now has been released on Blu-ray. I think it was a couple of weeks ago and it's my favorite film of 2021 it's called belfast have you seen that i've heard of it i haven't seen it okay the director kenneth Branagh, and it's pretty much an autobiographical story of him and his family when they lived in belfast ireland and at the time when he was growing up catholics and protestants were not jiving together but they still lived in the same communities and the protestants were wanting to kick the catholics out of the neighborhood well Branagh's family they were Protestants, but they weren't part of this, I'm going to call them the, the Protestant clan, <laughs> because that's kind of what they were. They were, you know, thugs or bigots, or what you would say. So, uh, but they weren't in that, but they were trying to recruit them to, to join them. But it was just a rough time to, to live there. And it was just, it's a story being told from a, from a 12 year old boy's point of view. So everything is, it's, it's, it's black and white for that reason, because everything to a kid is black and white. And it's just the story of the family and the struggles that they had with his grandparents and everything. And the fact that they finally ended up leaving Ireland. It's just, it's a really cool family story and it'll get you to shed a few man tears if you know what I mean. So <laughs> no, man, that's, you know, I have to put that on my list, bro. You know what? One movie I have been watching. So the two movies I've seen this year, man, that really gotten me is, uh, or at least one was, uh, the Batman, mm. the Batman my favorite Batman film of all time and easily one of my top 10 comic book films of all time. Really? Oh, bro. I love the, it is my Batman film. Like that's my Batman right there. And, you know, I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it, but there's a few scenes that really get to me, man. Both times I've seen the movie and you want to talk about some lessons about manhood and about growing as a man. Bruce's 
character arc in that film to me is glorious, man. And uh, another movie, man. Uh, <laughs> this has, I, I don't know if there's any manliness to be gleaned from this, but uh, I'm a big fan of the franchise uh, Scream, man. So, you know, I, I actually really did enjoy the new Scream that came out in January. So, yeah, man, you know, when I get some free time, I try to watch different stuff and, you know, just, just enjoy different genres of media and entertainment. Nice. Whatever you do, don't watch Deep Water. <laughs> You know what? My wife warned me about that movie, and <laughs> trust me, that is not a movie that I will be watching. <laughs> she, it was on. It was on. It was on Hulu. So I'm like, oh, Ben Affleck. Hey, it's Batfleck. And she, she and she was like, ah. And she looked it up, and she's like, no, uh, uh-uh, don't don't play that movie. And I was like, why? And she told me a little bit about it. And I was like, oh, okay, we will not be watching this one. <laughs> Oh, I watched it with my wife and I I wish I hadn't. It's supposed to be kind of a throwback to the erotic thrillers that were, you know, so prevalent in the nineties. Like, yeah. So, but there's nothing thrilling about it. (laughs) It's just erotic. (laughs) Hey, 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 homie, my my wife was like, yeah, babe, that's, this is going to be a hard pass. (laughs) One thing I've learned is when my wife tells me, Hey, this ain't, this, this ain't a, this ain't a movie that we need to be watching. You know, it's better just to take her word for it. I don't need to know everything about it. I'll just I'll take your word for it. But yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I feel you, bro. I was like, oh, I was like, it's Ben Affleck. Cool. She was like, wait, no, 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 no. Don't turn it on. <laughs> so yeah, man. A, a disaster averted over here, bro. Yeah. I mean, the premise is kind of cool when you think about it, but like just as far as him and his, but it's just, there, there's a lot going on. That, and that's what I hear. There's a lot going on. <laughs> and you know i'm gonna let them handle their business over there you know what i mean yeah <laughs> oh exactly anyway <laughs> we are talking about the film from 2018 black panther lamont why don't you take a few minutes to just kind of tell me what brought you to this film in the first place i assume you saw it in theaters right because i know you're a big marvel bro i watched it five times in theaters nice Funny thing about that, the year that it came out was the year that my son was born. Yeah. And so I only watched maybe three movies in theater that year because it was just such a crazy year. And Black Panther was one of them. <laughs> That's what's up, bro. No, my my uh, third son was born the previous month. So he was born January of 2018. And of course, Black Panther came out February of 2018. And I was like, well, still going to go see it five times. So. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I bet you guys in about two and a half hours. Deuces. That year was weird for me in the movies because everybody was talking about Infinity War and I didn't yeah. watch it for like six months. <laughs> like what? After, yeah. Wow. I think I think after it came out, it, when it finally hit, I think it was out on Netflix and that's when I watched it. That was my first time. So, yeah. Okay. That's what's up, man. Yeah. So for me, bro. You know, I'm a big superhero guy. I've always been a, a blurred black nerd, man, since I was, you know, my earliest memories. And the MCU started, you know, 08, bro, with Iron Man. And it just kind of flourished from there, bro. And and I fell in love with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it wasn't until, I mean, I knew of Black Panther, but, you know, I really didn't care about him, to be honest with you. Uh, it had nothing against him. I was just... I hadn't seen them in any media, never read any of the comics, so I just moved on with my life, man. And, you know, uh, I was a big uh, Spidey, Superman, Batman fan, Flash, things like that. And it wasn't until 2016 Civil War where we first saw Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace to the king of Wakanda, our brother in Christ, Chadwick Boseman. But, um, 
Yeah, man, it wasn't until his portrayal in Civil War, it, it gripped me. And the dignity and the grace in which he played the role of T'Challa and the Panther, man, Black Panther. There was a sense of just Black pride black excellence man and uh when i heard he was getting his own movie i oh bro i started to kind of learn more about the character and how important the character is and if i'm not mistaken he was the first black major superhero written for like a mainstream audience for marvel so yeah man uh, when that movie came out bro it meant a lot because and that's why i mean i dressed up i got an authentic genuine african shirt bro that i wore with my boys from like ghana and when I went to the theaters, bro, I'm taking pictures with so many black people and we're showing up because, and people, you know, say this and it sounds like cliche, but it's really not. Representation really does matter. It really does matter for young black boys and young black girls to see black heroes on the screen that look like them. And that, and it shows that our stories are so much more varied and we have so many more, you know, stories than just slavery and civil rights, even though those stories are very important and needs to continue to be told. So for me, man, to see a, even though it's fictional, an African country, African nation, you know what I mean? Um, that's never been colonized. That's the wonder of the world. Wealthy, you know, leading the charge. And you got these powerful black women. You have this royal black king and black dynasty, man. It meant a lot, bro. And, uh, you know, it, it was just, it was a cultural moment, which I miss. And uh, I don't think we'll see again in this genre, at least not the way that we saw it for 2018's Black Panther. I, I think that was a moment that I probably won't experience again, but I was thankful I was able to experience. So, yeah, this movie means it, it's more than just a superhero film. And for me, I mean, it was a great superhero film, too. I love the action. I love the story. Uh, Killmonger is one of my top 10 villains of all time. We'll talk about Killmonger because there's something manly about him, too. You know, it, just the movie on so many different levels, it meant a lot. And I guess the last thing I'll say, too, is that as a Christian, as a follower, a student, disciple, believer in Jesus Christ, when I look at Wakanda, I see, and by the way, for all y'all listeners, if you're Christian and you know eschatological views, I'm a story pre-mill. So what I'm about to say is in that framework. But for me, looking at Wakanda, I'm like, yo, this is what we yearn for in the millennial kingdom. The new heavens and earth is no more colonization, no more stripping of resources, a nation full of wealth and excellence and beauty without violence and destruction and sadness and pain. And I kind of uh, goes back to Micah chapter four, I believe. So for me, I mean, like I said, this movie, bro. And I, that's why I couldn't put all this in my review and letterbox. This movie means so much to me and my children. And uh, it's just something that it's a movie that I watch multiple times a year. That's awesome, man. That's 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 what I want to hear, man. Yeah, for me, something you said as far as representation and, you know, kids, you know, watching a a black superhero, something that a, a man that that they could you know want to want to strive to be or be like. Anyway, obviously you can't be a superhero, but you know you you can look at those qualities and, and want to be like him. Yep. Um, I just watched a a documentary a week or so ago, and it actually won the best. It won the Oscar this year for best documentary short film. Like it, it was, like, it's eighteen minutes long. It's on Vimeo. It's called Queen of Basketball. 
And it, yeah, I, <laughs> I just I just heard about that for the first time like the other day. Yeah, and it's about Lucy Harris, who was a basketball player in the '60s, I believe, uh, or, the, or the '70s maybe, and she was the only female uh, to be drafted into the NBA. And so, like, but it's it's basically telling her story about how you know where she grew up and you know going to school, and you know it's a very um, it's a really it's a really cool black story too, like because yeah. the way she grew up and all of her, everybody she grew up with was white, and so it's just to see that though. But then when she finally you know goes to college and you know wins these national championships, and then she she actually gets drafted into the NBA. They asked her to come, you know, try out. It's like the sixth round or something. But she, at that point, she'd already met someone. She was, she had a kid and she was thinking, you know, like I'm a woman. These are all men. I don't stand a snowball's chance in, you know, where, right. So she just said, I'm going to, I'm going to hang out with my family and I'm not, I'm not going to do that because she knew what the, she knew what the end result would be. Mm-hmm. But because back then they didn't have WNBA. Yep. So like when I watched that, I was just like, I had a, such a, a new appreciation for the WNBA that I'd never had before. Mm-hmm. That just to know that there are young girls out there that can watch these young ladies and, and see that that's what they can grow up to be. If they, you know, you know, work hard and you know, they could get there. That's just, you couldn't do that back then. Lucy yep. Harris couldn't do that. Nope. And she died this this year, uh, two months ago. No. Yeah. Man, that's sad. That's sad. That's sad. Yeah. So, yeah. you just made me think about that. It's it's a great film, and I probably just told you the whole thing, but you should, you should still watch it because she narrates the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that that makes it really cool too, because you kind of get you get her perspective and everything. So. No, I do want to check it out, bro. I, I saw it and I was like, okay, that's again, that's on the list of uh, films to watch uh, when I get some free time. So. Yeah, it's 18 minutes long. So oh, it's only, oh, bro, I can watch that tonight then. <laughs> yeah, you don't need that much free time for it. <laughs> yeah, it's short. Uh, I, I immediately, when I watched it, I immediately sent it to my buddy who's a, a girls basketball coach, high school yeah. girls. And he was just like, man, that's awesome. Like he, lo- like, he loved it too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so it's it's good. But, yeah, you just made me think of that. And I could definitely see how – because you're right, you know, that that was, I mean, I don't know how long that character has been written in comic books. I'm thinking like the 60s or something. 60s, I think it's the 60s, yeah. Yeah. So, the, I mean, it's been around for a while, but nobody's actually seen it on TV, on screen. Exactly. And so that's, that is a really cool cultural moment. I mean, like you said, it'll probably never happen in that kind of spectacle again. Yeah. You know, a lot of people might want to say that Shang-Chi that you know kind of does that for the asian community but you know it's not the same i don't think i didn't maybe this is you know um, this is not this is just being from personal experience i didn't see the level of it but at least my the the you know my asian american friends uh that i do know were extremely excited and some you know dressed in their cultural uh clothing to go see the movie so i i think it was a a cultural moment for them um, when I'm speaking to cultural moments, I'm speaking just for the black community. I, I, uh, I got you. Yeah, for the black. So my back could have nuanced that a little bit better. Um, <laughs> I don't see, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope that there's another moment like this, but I don't ever see 
there being a cultural moment within the uh, black community over a comic book film with a almost predominantly black cast like we saw in 20 black history month and, and i mean that was a diff, that was another thing it's it came out during black history month so you already you have that added significance too you know what i mean so i, I just don't know if we'll ever see something like that happen again i hope i'm wrong but i cherish those moments man and i i i, I still think about that and how excited i was on that thursday night bro to go in that theaters and see that movie when I walked out stunned at how amazing it was and what it meant to me as a black man. And I, you know, I've talked to a lot of my white friends who they're like, I loved it. I just didn't like it as much as you. And I'm like, I get that. It didn't hit you the way it hit me. I totally understand that. And I wouldn't expect it to, you know what I mean? But for me, it hits me not just on a nerd level, like it hits you guys, but it hits me on a whole deeper level, especially being a black man in America. It, it means something a lot more. And as a father of three black sons, it means a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you mentioned being a, a black man in America. And before we, before we go on, I just want to go ahead. Spoiler warning. We're going to spoil the crap out of this movie. So do not listen to this any further. If you have not seen the movie, pause yep. it, go watch the movie and then come back and listen to this. Yep, yep. Um, but so go back to what you were saying though, about um, being a, a black man in America I think that's what makes Killmonger so so strong as a character, and why Ooh. why that that villain is so even I consider him you know a top ten probably a top five villain in the MCU for sure, yep. uh, and definitely top ten overall because MCU let's just face it MCU doesn't have a whole lot of great villains. The good villains are in DC. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Most of them anyway. We're gonna have to talk about that because I feel like Marvel has done a better job at nuancing their villains than DC. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Hey, yeah. Let's talk about that, bro. Cause I, me, this is, this is a conversation. Me and my okay. wife have actually debated, but my man, okay. well, we will, we'll, let's, we'll talk about Killmonger real quick though. Um, because he is a very nuanced character 100%. because he is a black man from Oakland, California mm-hmm. who grew up without a dad. I mean, how many of us can relate to that? Not even, even if not on a personal level, you know, my dad was there growing up and, but I knew people who didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and it's like, people can relate to this guy and, and you can see how, and, 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 you know, a lot of things could happen. You know, the whole nature versus nurture thing, like a lot of things happened in his life that led to that moment, led to him. You know, he went into the military and got to, to take out his aggression yep, <laughs> on yep, people. Yep. And it's like a lot of things happen to this guy along the way. You know, people don't just, you know, go dark all of a sudden it, it, it happened. It was a yep. snowball effect. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. And uh, I mean, if we're going to stick on Killmonger, bro, whoo, the childhood trauma, like you said, that leads him to do what he did. And there's a specific scene that to this day still brings tears to my eyes. It's at the end after T'Challa has come back, quote unquote, from the dead. And they're fighting underground with the Wakandan, you know, trains going, magnetic trains. And it's at the moment where the train is passing by and him and T'Challa are standing on opposite sides, but they're they're talking to one another. And T'Challa says, you want to divide and conquer the land. 
like you do. And he goes, basically, like, that's, you know, either they're talking and then uh, T'Challa tells Killmonger, you would uh, burn down Wakanda and the world. And then that seems to do something to Killmonger. And Killmonger responds back. And man, if if you haven't noticed this, go back and watch this part. He goes, the world took everything away from me. And, it's, and you saw the hurt child come out of him. And his voice mm-hmm. breaks and the tears in his eyes. Yeah. And everything I ever loved. And you can see the pain. And it doesn't make what he's doing right. But man, if it doesn't give context to why he's doing some of the things he's doing. It's not the, his whole reason, but man, the hurt, the pain, that childhood hurt. You see the little boy in Oakland come out of him. And just, he, he's a, I just heard a quote, man, that said, and every man is a broken boy or uh, like a broken boy. And whether that's true or not, we know as believers that we all have brokenness in us. And that brokenness will manifest itself. So for me, um, thinking of, you know, lessons about, you know, uh, taken from this movie from Killmonger to manhood, bro. I don't just see good lessons. I see also bad. And what I see is that if us men do not address the brokenness that we receive in our childhood, it will find some way to affect our our adult years and our experience as men, as husbands and as fathers. And we can suppress that brokenness, but it will come to the surface at some point. Something's going to happen and we need to address it. You know what I mean? So thinking, of, looking at Killmonger, man, there's a whole stigma or not even stigma. Now there's a lot of acceptance of mental health when it comes to men and addressing our emotions and our brokenness. So for me, man, looking at Killmonger, one of the lessons, not the only, but one of the lessons that I see in Eric Eric Stevens, AKA Killmonger, AKA Golden Jaguar, is the lesson of men. We have to be willing to be honest about our brokenness for not just our sake, but the sake of those that God has blessed us as blessed under our, our leadership, our wives and our children. Very good, man. Yeah. (laughs) I could definitely see how, you know, without some kind of strong foundation, a lot of us could, can go in that direction that Killmonger does. Yep. And like I said, he's, he's a relatable character. He's, he's more relatable than T'Challa is. I mean, (laughs) like, cause he's American. (laughs) Homie, there's so many times in that movie where he's speaking. I'm kind of like, And literally, I remember me and my boy, shout out to my boy, Finley Joseph. What up, Big Finn? Hope Florida treating you well, big homie. Um, I'm with my boy, Finley, man. And he's talking when uh, T'Challa and Killmonger first meet face to face. Mm -hmm. And uh, as he's, you know, standing there in the throne room of Wakanda, bro. There's a few things he's saying where me and my boy, Finley, look at each other like, I mean, I kind of agree with him. And my boy feels like, I kind of agree with them too. So I'm like, hey, I'm not used to agreeing with villains. But I'm kind of like, I I kind of get his point. And I, even though the methods may not be right, I agree with this viewpoint here, bro. So even uh, even Chadwick Boseman said the same thing. He was like, while I was filming, there's multiple times he's speaking that in my mind as an actor, as a person, you know, who I really am, he's thinking, oh, you're kind of making a lot of sense right here. 
So yeah, bro, he he's very relatable, dude. Very relatable. Yeah, I've always um that's why I really loved I'm I'm not go, I'm going to DC real quick. That that's why I really loved the Joker. Oh, okay. The the 2019. Did you watch that? Joker oh, you mean, with uh, the Walking Phoenix. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. bro. 100%. Oh man, like, great great movie. Is is crazy as the guy is there's a lot of things that he says that are like hmm <laughs> interesting <laughs> like he's making sense and 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 i'm guess I, I think it's because you know he represents the common people and you know the frustrated common people while bruce wayne is so far away from everyone yep like we can and and the same same with T'Challa. He's he's grew up in this kingdom, right? And we, we can't relate to him like we can somebody like Killmonger. Yep. So that's why films like that to me. That's why Joker is my favorite movie of 2019 because it's just a a mind like it's just like you you're watching it and and you you kind of want to root for this guy and you know he's horrible like but you just it's it's hard not to and it's just. I'm, we're not talking about Joker. We will do that on another day, but I could talk about Joker for two hours. <laughs> like it's just the, the film means a lot to me, obviously. But yeah, that's. <laughs> listen, man, I'm, I'm down. Listen, I, I follow you, lead. I, I follow you, lead, bro. So, uh, you know, the Joker movie was it, it, it. There was a lot of commentary, bro. Where mm-hmm. again, it for me, I really like nuanced villains. Mm-hmm. I really do villains that. It's not just, even though I do like those villains too, you know, the mustache trolling, I'm just evil because I'm evil. But <laughs> for me, I'm a big Smallville fan. Smallville is one of my favorite shows of all time, right? Mm-hmm. So that version of Lex Luthor, man, is so incredibly nuanced. You see why he becomes the Lex that we know in the comics and movies. And you see him go from a young man who's really trying to do the right thing really just wants acceptance and love from his father and acceptance, love and trust with his friends. And you see how he's denied those aspects and it helps to transform him into the Lex that we know. And it's, it's just, it's the story so beautifully told man, where, you know, he's a villain and you, you agree that he's a villain, but he's also a villain where you're like, dang, I feel sorry for you because you're not just pure evil. And like, you really do think you're doing the right thing in so many ways, but you're just not. And to me, those <laughs> villains are always the best. Thanos, dude, Thanos. Oh, dude, yes, Bro, yes, yes. like even Thanos, I'm like, I mean, his math is wrong. But dang <laughs> it, I mean, he's making some good points here, right? <laughs> and he's super nice. Like when he stabs Tony in Infinity War, he holds his head, cradles it. So he doesn't, you know, he puts him back down nicely and... I hope they I hope they uh, uh remember you. And you know, even with uh, uh Star Lord, with Gamora, dude, he's literally like, I like you. I don't like I don't know if I should be saying this, but Thanos seems like that kind of dude who's like, if you wasn't trying to kill half the population, I'll go out with some drinks with you, bro. We can go kick it. You seem like a you seem like an <laughs> alright dude, homie. So all that to say, man, Killmonger falls in that level for me where I'm like, you know what, man, you're just making so many good points. I I can't fully disagree with you, man. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I get it. I, I, something that stuck out with me that I wanted to kind of pick your brain about 
T'Challa has this vision after after his father died where he sees his dad and his dad says because he's you know he's talking about how he's not ready to be the king he doesn't he he's not yeah. he, he he doesn't think he fits it yet he's not he's not there and Takala says in the vision he says you are a good man with a good heart and yeah. it's hard for a good man to be king what do you think he meant by that I think in the context there's still guilt with this father with what he did with Eric Stevens his cousin remember what he says in the second vision when T'Challa's near death and he goes, I did what was best for my country. I did what was best for Wakanda. And and T'Challa has to kind of, you know, check him. And like, you know, you guys are all wrong. You were wrong. Why didn't you just bring the boy here? And he, you know, so I think he knows. And I would agree that King T'Chaka overall is a good man who made a very horrible mistake. I look at him kind of like a King David. We know King David is a man after God's heart. We would all say King David was a good man and a good king who made two, maybe three, really, really bad, horrible decisions. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think we all know what I'm talking about. Um, with that being said, the way I'm thinking of it is at the moment, right, just look at the context. He had the the, the right thing, the good thing to do was to bring, was to bring back the boy to Wakanda and raise him. But then he would have to explain about how, you know, his brother died and what happened. And he's trying to keep Wakanda unified, especially after Ulysses claws, his uh, invasion and the murder of those Wakandans, because this is right after I mean, that context is I'm there because Ulysses claw got into Wakanda and stole the vibranium and you're responsible. So he knows there's going to be a lot of even more chaos. If I tell the truth, now he should have, but he chooses not to. So what I'm the way that I took it when he says that is, you really do have a good heart, son. But being a king means making some really tough decisions. Decisions that a man with a good heart will not be able to live with. Or if he makes those choices, it's going to eat him alive inside. You have to be able to make these hard decisions. Decisions that you know, may not be morally right, but I'm going to make it, quote unquote, for the betterment and the the uh, safety of my people, of my country, of my kingdom. So that's the way I took it, man. It's just that, son, you are a really good man and a good heart, but it is hard for a good man to be king. It's hard for a man with a good heart to maybe do what, quote unquote, needs to be done to maintain a strong kingdom. Will you be able to drop that sword, so to speak, on maybe even some of your friends in order to keep your kingdom, you know, strong, prosperous. So that's the way I took it personally, man. It's just, um, you know, T'Chaka knowing his son and knowing it's going to be difficult for you because you will have to make these hard decisions and will you be able to make them? And then if you do make them, are you going to be able to live with yourself? For sure, man. And what, what about you, man? That's that's pretty much how I took it, and, and that well, yeah, just making making the tough decisions, and because you want to, you know, a good man wants to always do what's right, but if you are king, you're kind of faced with, you know, breaking that, <laughs> and and that's why, you know, you could say this about politicians. We're not going to get into that, but this is why I don't trust them <laughs> because because they're the ones who. 
make these decisions to hide stuff from us for the, for the good of the country or whatnot. And it's been going on since the beginning of time. And, you know, it, it goes on in other countries. It, it goes on everywhere. So it's like, <laughs> I don't, don't want to, are you telling me that, are you telling me that politicians lie to us? No, they don't do that. Do they? No, bro. They're, they're the most honest people who's ever walked the earth. Like, when they say something, I take it as gospel truth because, I mean, what politician would lie? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, that's that's a good point. Although I know plenty of black people who did not vote for Biden, and according to him, they're not real black people. So Honestly, I'm still, honestly bro, I'm still waiting for my skin to turn white. I'll, let you, I'll, keep you, I'll keep you posted. When he said that you're not black, I was like, dang, man. All right, I guess I can't celebrate Black History Month anymore. You're going to get that Michael Jackson disease, apparently. Bro, I'm just waiting for my skin to turn white because I'm like, yeah. okay, I guess I'm not black then. <laughs> hey, hey, good to know. Good to know. Uh, yeah, I'm not yeah, going to, we're not going to get political, though. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. But yeah, one thing that was said also, I can't remember who said it, but they said you can't let your father's mistakes define who you are. Ooh, that's Nakia. Right yeah. Before, okay. Right, right before he meets Killmonger for the first time. Yep. Yeah. You get to decide what kind of king yeah, you king want to be. Want to be. And I think yeah. that that yeah, is yeah. that is in contrast to what we were just talking about. To where you know the king has to make these decisions and has to bend the rules and has to compromise his morals, but no, he doesn't. He doesn't have to. That you can be a different kind of king. You get to be the one to decide what kind of king you want to be. You don't have to be the king that your father was, that he did everything, you know, to preserve this little, this country that they have, that they weren't sharing with anyone else. And, but he, he didn't want people to find out about it. He wanted to keep it for his people and his people only. It's really kind of selfish when you think about it. And, and I think T'Challa really starts to think about that later on. And and that's why he, he comes out later on, but you know, what? Um, can, can, can I can I say something about that point though? Yeah, I think that's a lesson for for us men right there. These two reasons: do we listen to the women in our lives, and do we listen to even our enemies? Because think about it, think about his stance at the beginning of the movie. Wakanda remains isolated and hidden, the way we have been. But it was Killmonger who said, "Hey, where were y'all when we were being taken as slaves? Where were y'all?" You guys had the weapons. Why didn't you come help us? And then Okoye, one of the door Melage, says, the head door Melage says, uh, that's not our way. That's not our way, right? It's that mindset, which we know isn't, isn't right. But Nakia says the same thing. Nakia says, we have enough resources to keep ourselves safe from the outside world, but to also help others. So the question mm-hmm. I have for us men yep. is, are we listening to the women who are equal image bearers of God and they are heirs of eternal life along with us and they are full image bearers of God. They are our sisters in Christ, right? Are we listening to the women God has placed in our lives and actually willing to take their wisdom uh, and advice on things as, you know, uh, when they're right? And even for our enemies, whether it be social enemies, whether it be political enemies, I know we're not going to get into politics, but are we willing to actually listen to our enemies? 
are those who oppose us in some way, theologically, politically, socially, you name it, and actually say, you know what, even though this person is quote unquote on the wrong team or quote unquote uh, my enemy, they're making some good points. And are we willing to actually listen? Are we willing to be humble and change our opinion when we're wrong? And I think seeing T'Challa's arc, especially when he goes to the UN at the very end, the post credit scene, the first one, and he's talking to the UN members and the, the world leaders. Bro, his speech is so amazing to see where where he started the movie uh, movie at to where he ends at. So for me, that was one of the big things that took as a, you know as a man is, am I willing to listen to those who oppose me and those who are my enemies and are on the wrong team? And I say quote unquote because we think of people on the wrong side politically as our enemy or the you know whatever their side is, we think they're our enemy or the wrong team, all that to say, am I willing to listen to the women, my enemies, and for us fathers, are we even willing to listen to our children? Or do we think they have nothing to say to us? Because last time I checked, our children are also image bearers of God. And if they, if our children are believers, there are brothers and sisters in Christ as well. So are we just, are we open to God speaking to us and growing us and expanding our vision and views and thought processes uh, are we closed off and think that we know it all so that was for me that was a one of the huge lessons right there of black panther because he wouldn't have got there if it wasn't for his enemy quote-unquote or his quote-unquote enemy killmonger his love interest nikhil so that, that hit me that hit me a lot with this movie man for sure man um it reminds me of the movie white men can't jump and <laughs> And Sydney tells um, Billy Hope, <laughs> he says, Sydney tells him to listen to the woman, and like, and it's 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 very strong. Like, it's very simple advice, but it's a very strong advice that you you've got to pay attention to, because you know that your female, the 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 woman in your life is there for a reason. She's there to help you, and you know I know we're supposed to be the leaders of the household. But that does not mean we don't take other people's um, input because you, you look at look at the Avengers. OK, you've got Tony Stark and you've got Captain America and Captain America. Yes, is the leader of the group. But Tony Stark is very, very opinionated. But he always says your call cap after yep. he's already laid out the whole situation and what, what, what he thinks they should do. But then he ultimately heeds the direction to to Steve and says, but it's your call, buddy. And nine times out of 10, he's going to do what Tony wants to do. You know what I mean? So like it's, it's listening to those people in our lives, whether it's our wives, our brothers, our friends, like the people that we're, that are, that are there to, for us to, they're there to help us. Like we can learn from each other. And I love what you said, man, as men, we are called to be the heads and leaders of our household. And that doesn't mean, though, that we don't listen to the wisdom and advice of um, those in our household, including our children, you know. And uh, one thing I love is that a woman is not in front of the man. She's not behind the man. She's beside the man. And I love in Genesis, I mean, the Bible doesn't say this, but one thing that I do believe, one reason why I think God took the rib from Adam and created Eve 
It's because a woman, a wife is supposed to be close to our heart and under our protective arm, but she's beside us. And we walk together as equals, even though we are the leaders, that's our role. We're equals and we walk side by side. So that's one thing I've always, I've loved that quote, man. And I mean, bro, you hit it on the head, fam. Are we willing to, even as leaders of our household, are we willing to actually listen well to those in our household, even as we lead? It's funny that you mentioned, you know, listen to our children too, because we were, uh, my kids, they wanted to watch The Grinch from 2018 with Benedict Cumberbatch, the Mm -hmm. new one. And which is my least favorite one. <laughs> like, uh, I'll, I'll see, I'm a cornball. I like the old one from the 60s that's 30 minutes long. It's just, I, that's my, that's my go to. Uh, no, but I also, like the, I also like, the, I also like the Ron Howard one with uh, Jim Carrey. I don't really care for the new one, but it's fine. They put it on and they turned it on. And Journey, my six year old daughter, she says, I like this Grinch the best. I said, Oh really you do? Why? And she says, because he says he's sorry. And I'm like, Oh, oh I felt about, I felt like nine inches tall when she said that. <laughs> oh, yes, you're right. And I feel bad. <laughs> Dude. Right, bro. Hey, what does she say out of the mouth of babes? Like uh-huh. it's basically, you know, you know, one of the sayings, it comes truth or God speaks truth through our children at times, man. So yeah, man, it's, it's pretty, it can be convicting, but yeah, man, I, I love that. I love that you brought that up, bro. I did. Um, you know, do you remember this, the scene, man, where he's in the netherworld though with King T'Chaka and he, uh, he goes, stand up, my son, you are a king. And it's the same scene where he says, it's hard for a good man to be king, but he goes, stand up, you're a king. And he goes, it's a it, it's a, if a father doesn't prepare his son or his children for his own death, he has not done his job as a father. Those two things, man, to me, and I, I want to ask you, what did you think about those, man? Because those hit me right there as like some straight fatherhood, manhood lessons right there, man. And it hit me, you know, and I took it to heart, both of those things for mm-hmm. multiple reasons. So, yeah, what, what, what do you think about those, man? Yeah, I, that's actually something I was going to I was going to mention too because yeah, like that's so 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 convicting because if something happened to me today, you know, my kids are going to grow up without a dad. Like am have I prepared them for that? No. <laughs> you know, I, I have I prepared my wife for that? No, I have not. And that's that's on me. You know, I that <laughs> That's that's why I've got to be pouring into them constantly, bro. And preach not preach. just not just sitting around watching TV, but I like having like legit real conversations with them, you know. And that, mm. <laughs> bro, right? that's rough. And, but one thing I love, man, is for our children, for our sons and our daughters. When he says, "Stand up, you are a king." Yep. Our yep. job is to speak life into our children. And to let them know who they are, because if we don't, the world will love to tell them, the culture mm-hmm. will love to tell them who they are. And oftentimes mm-hmm. what the world and culture say they are, are not good things. Mm-hmm. Um, so when this father is speaking life over his son, it helps the child start to walk in that mantle of being a good king who has a good heart. And he proves 
that even though it is hard, you can both have a good heart. And in fact, if you're going to be a good king, you must have a good heart. And I love how T'Chaka speaks that life over his son. And I'm thinking to myself, how can I speak life over my sons, my three boys? You know, do they know that I see them as kings, as royalty? Do I see, do, do they know that dad, their dad honors and respects and loves and cherishes and looks at them with pride and with, you know, uh, admir- even admiration, you know what I mean? Do they know that, that they get that from me? And I think that's so important, man. You know, one thing I'm reminded of is the Bible where Jesus gets baptized and comes out and God says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus knew that, but he's proclaiming it over Jesus and over and, and declaring it to those around. And I'm thinking even God, even Jesus is being affirmed by, you know, his father, God, the father. How much more should our children, you know what I mean? Do they hear, basically, do, do our children hear, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased, or do we have, do we make them work for our validation? Mm. And I think that's yeah. big. Is, is, do they know, do they think? dad is only proud of me and well pleased with me if I perform well, because what happens when they encounter their own brokenness and sin Mm. and they don't do well, they don't perform well. Do they still know that we say, even in your darkest moments, even when you sin the greatest, even when you do horrendous things, you still are my beloved son or daughter in whom I am well pleased. And that doesn't change because I'm always proud of you. Always have your back. And that kind of love, that kind of unconditional acceptance will help, as you said, bro, give them a strong foundation upon which to be healthy adults and Mm -hmm. be healthy husbands, fathers, men, women, and parents eventually. Um, And also, am I helping, am I preparing them for the fact that one day I won't be here? Yep. And my goal is to help train you so that when I'm gone, my love stays with you and also goes with me, but my lessons stay with you so that even though I'm dead, I'm gone, yet I'm still guiding you through the lessons that I have instilled and have modeled before you and taught you with both words and actions. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, man. Speaking of, you know, going back to the same thing with the father um, and the mistakes that he made, one thing that I think it was T'Challa that said, it said, and Jobu may have betrayed us, but my father may have created something even worse. So, you know, one guy, he betrays his, his own people and, but he's, he, but he's raising a son in the process while he's there. Well, the father who's supposed to be the good guy, right? T'Chaka is supposed to be the good guy. He goes and he, basically creates killmonger by leaving this kid without a without a parent and just by the one mistake that he makes this is what happens so like that's to me that's a lesson because you know even if you are trying to always do the right thing you know one little mistake (laughs) can blow up into something absolutely horrible and so we just, we, we got to keep ourselves in check, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and we need to, and we need not, we don't need yes men around us. We need mm-hmm. true friends who will call us out on our crap. Yep. 
what what King T'Chaka needed was for Zuri to say, nah, man, we don't need to be leaving without this boy. We need to take him with us. Mm-hmm. Real talk. Like, we need, we get in trouble when we have yes men around us. We don't need yes men. We need true friends who will, when we're right, say yes, and when we're wrong, say no. And we need to be willing to listen to those that God has placed in our lives. You know what I mean? And you're, Going yeah, back yeah, to yeah, listening. I, I, Say it again. That's it. We're, we're going back to listening now. Yep. Bro, I mean, it's, it's... if we want to be good men, we need to learn how to listen well. Uh-huh. I know. We need to learn. And, uh, you know, now if you don't, can I throw something else out there? Yeah. What's up? All right, man. So we, we talked about, you know, listening to our, you know, the, our the women in our lives, uh, our enemies and stuff like that. But also let's just address the, let's just address the, the, the obvious, bro. A tr- a real man, a godly man, a good man will throw hands if he has to. He will protect his own. So I uh-huh. mean, we we talk. You know, there's a lot of talk about manhood, and you know, you need to be gentle and loving. True, but even women are called to be gentle and loving. So there's got to be something different to being a man than just the fruit of the spirit. What does a man do? We're called to protect, lay down our lives, and provide. Right. So let's be honest, homie, there's times where we throw hands. We try, even T'Challa tried. He says, listen, let's try to figure out a different way to handle this. And uh, Killmonger was like, no, we're going to fight. So (laughs) T'Challa did did what he could. He had to fight. There comes a point where words are going to fail us. And you know what? We may have to. What happens if we need to physically defend someone who's uh, uh, you know, a woman who's being harassed, or our own family, or someone on the street—that's part of being a man. Is sometimes we got to get physical with it, bro. So I mean, I, that's where I took it too. Is this is a real man because he didn't let Killmonger take over, lying down. He fought him and ended up, you know, killing him. But it wasn't something he wanted. And I think I, that's always a posture: is if I have to fight and defend, I will. But it's not something that I want to do. If I can, I would rather handle this in a more peaceful way. And I think that's also less than the manhood. And it, uh, it kind of reminds me of the American Eagle with the, our, you know, our, the, our symbol on the money and everything like that, where he's holding the, the arrows for war, but he's holding the olive branches for peace. And he's looking towards peace, but he has these arrows saying, but if I have to, if I have to fight you, I will. <laughs> I suggest you choose peace, but if I have to, we can go to war. And I do think that's a very biblical stance. And I'm not trying to mix Christianity with American life and politics, not trying to You're do no Christian, Christian nationalism, syncretism. But I do think that is a there's truth, common grace. I think that is a biblical mindset, which is I prefer peace. I will pursue peace. But if peace can only come through war or fighting, and if this person is in the wrong, then we got to do what we got to do as men. And I think that's important. I think the term is peace through strength. And my thing is this: Don't make me use my strength physically, please. Just listen to the strength of my words, and let's let's sit let's sit down for a meal and chop this up. You know what I mean? Please don't make us fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, because if it comes down to it, we're gonna have to. And I get it. I get it. You got to protect your own always. You do, um, man. You do. One thing that stuck out to me this last time that I didn't really pay attention to before was the humility of Mbaku. In the very beginning, he challenges T'Challa and he loses, right? So T'Challa's the king. But then later on, when T'Challa dies, you know, all of his his sister and 
Nakia, they they find they get this herb, the last one that they had, and they bring it to Mbaku, saying, "Look, you're the only person who can help us. Please mm. take this and and defeat Killmonger because he's going to ta- he's already taken over this country, and this is for this is for Wakanda. Uh, I, I need you to help us." And but Mbaku says, "Hold on, hold on, <laughs> I got you." <laughs> so he goes and he gives the herb to T'Challa, wh- who they found laying there dead and they yep. they well he was near nearly dead but they put him on ice to keep him you know stable like but dude he could have easily taken that herb for himself you know yeah, he could have man easily. And, and, and yeah and he could have he could have been the guy he could have been the king but he knew that he wasn't the right man for the job yep. he knew that it was T'Challa's throne so it was T'Challa that he knew that he was going to bring back to accomplish this and even when he did even when he did man he said I'm not going to help you <laughs> but he did. He came through in the end. Him and him and all, the whole army came with him, man. And that's you know you talk about the Bible, huh? Yes, bro. So my bad. I just, I just love Mbaku. That's a witness the might of the Jabari firsthand. Oh, I love it, bro. <laughs> you cannot if if you talk again, I will feed you to my children. I'm just playing. We are vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Oh man, going back to you know, you know biblical things like when uh, I think Jesus asked one time, you know, one man says, you know, you if you ask somebody to help you and they say I will not, but then they help you anyway, but then you ask another person to help you and they say that they will, but then they don't. Well, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're the, the yeah the first person is more justified because they actually did they actually did it, the work they actually helped. It, even if they didn't want to. So yeah, man, the man who didn't want to help out, but then ends up helping out is definitely more justified, you know, is uh, more acceptable than the person who has, quote unquote, every good intention to do so, but then actually does nothing. And one thing to go off the whole Mbaku not taking the uh, heart-shaped herb is that part of the reason why that happened, why he didn't take it and why he ends up helping is because T'Challa earlier in the movie shows him mercy. And that's one reason why they saved his life. And he says that he goes, I owed him a debt and it's been paid. But then he watches the queen mother. And it reminds me, what does Jesus say? If you show mercy, you will be given mercy. T'Challa needed mercy and help. And because T'Challa, even though Umbaku came into his territory and, you know, laid some hands on him and hurt him, T'Challa still still as a good man with a good heart who will make a great king he tells umaku your people need you tap out and he's like just kill me he's like no they need you come on man and i loved it i love that he shows umaku mercy and it comes around and the words of christ are fulfilled t'challa showed him mercy so t'challa is shown mercy and is given even more help so as a man as a man even when we have to Fight even when we were called to stand firm. Are we do we still have a merciful disposition about us? Are we looking for opportunities to show mercy and grace? Do or is our disposition, our posture one of wanting violence, wanting harm? Um, I know this isn't Black Panther, but I was watching uh Karate Kid 2 uh from the 80s, and Miyagi is talking to Danielson, and he goes, My father told me. Best punch is the one is uh, when you're not there. In other words, do everything you can to avoid violence. And personally, I think that's such good, 
you know, and show mercy. And I think that's just such a dominant theme. And I think that's part of what makes us good men, not just good Christians and people as general, because we're talking about what is it to be a man and a part of being a man, a good man with a good heart and being good leaders in our homes and in our communities and in our churches and in our workplaces is are we look, do we have dispositions of humility, grace, and mercy? Or do we have dispositions and postures of argumentative, uh, being argumentative and haughty and prideful and arrogant and conceited? So yeah, man, just, just that part of the movie, this again, black, do you see why I didn't put all this in my letterbox yep. review? Yep. <laughs> There's just so much, bro. There's so much there. There's so much to unpack. There's so many layers. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, so many things stick out to me. And like, I'm not like you. I don't watch this five times a year. Like you said earlier, <laughs> this is actually only my third time to watch it. Uh, I, I mean, I do love it. I mean, it's it's a great film. I, I I loved it when I saw it in theaters and, and every time I watch it. And what I said, what I said in my review was, you know, I've watched these these MCU movies multiple times, and some of them get better with age, some of them get worse with age. Mm-hmm. But uh, Black Panther is one of the few that is just constant. Like when I first watched it, it was like really really good, and it stayed really really good. Like it, it hasn't gotten better, and it hasn't gotten worse. But yep. I do discover a few things in it that I didn't notice before. <laughs> this one scene, man, it broke me. And it's at the end when, you know, uh, T'Challa wants to spare Killmonger's life. He wants to heal him. Mm-hmm. And Killmonger says, nah, just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships because they knew that death was better than bondage. Oh, man. That tore me up. <laughs> I was just. Isn't it? Isn't it powerful, bro? Yeah, isn't it powerful? And then you uh, do. There's so many things, man. And uh, just going back to Killmonger, bro. Part of being a man, dude. One of the lessons is we got to take care of our families as well. So mm-hmm. if someone in our family does not have a father, let's say in the home, right? And there's no other men nearby that can help or that can be there for them. Then what are we doing to take care of our family members? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you know and and what would have happened bro all this could have been avoided if they just took killmonger in Mm -hmm. and raised him so yeah man um but that 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 line specifically it broke me too it brought tears to my eyes man in theaters Mm -hmm. because i'm like oh just the history of my people in this country, man, and the transatlantic slave trade and all that. So, like I said, man, this movie hits on different levels, bro. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it's the deep, it's the deepest Marvel movie for me, and I understand that it may not be for every you know every listener, and that's totally fine. But for me, and for many African Americans, this hits on quite a few levels, and that's why uh, even Falcon and the Winter Soldier, my favorite Disney Plus series so far, it hits on different levels. Even in an even more distinctly Black American context. So yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Black Panther has been a uh, a a a staple in my household because yeah. of all the lessons. You know what I mean? Uh, I I can definitely see that, and and I feel that's kind of how I feel about Civil War. 
Mm, um, yeah. Because there's a lot going on in that film, and it's I, I actually I did an episode on this, and I don't know I don't know if it's going to be released before or after this, but it's to me these are two of the deepest ones because like you know look at Civil War, there's a lot going on like, and and you don't know this guy could be right or this guy could be right, but there's like it's just it's there's just it's just a very very deep and and complex film. And I feel oh, the same way. Huh? So 100%, bro. Yeah. And, and, and I feel the same way about this. I mean, because you look at two, two, the two guys from opposite ends of the world and, you know, like, like we said before, Killbonger makes a lot of sense and we can understand him. And with T'Challa, I mean, we, he's the kind of guy that we want to be as far as, you know, wanting to always do what's right. And, and, and his father is the kind of guy that we often are, you know, like <laughs> T'Chaka, that you know, yeah. we compromise sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so there's just so many, you know, all, all of these men on here represent different versions of us, you know, like uh, that, that yes. we've been and in it, our lives. And there's some goodness in all of them and some yeah. bad in all of them. And yeah. even T'Chaka, I, and I'll, you know, go to the mat on this one, T'Chaka's still a good man. Mm-hmm. But... He's a good man who has lived and seared his conscience to a major compromise mm-hmm. and is not as effective as, an, as a king as he could have been. And T'Challa, of course, being an even better man than his father. And I think as men, that's what we should want for our kids. So we should want to be the best men that God has created us to be. But we also should want our children, our sons, um, you know, for those of us who have boys, we should want our sons to be even better men than we are. And mm, our goal preach. should be that every gener- every generation of men, of you know, of men in our family better than the last. That because of the lessons learned, they become better. They stand on our shoulders and then our grandkids stand on their shoulders and our great grandkids. So we should want our children to accomplish more than us, to be better than us. And we should spur them on and we should inspire them to be better men. Because even though T'Chaka was wrong and T'Challa called him out, what was one of T'Challa's biggest influences? What made him want to be a good king was the example of his father. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't uh, downplay, and I know you're not doing this, but we shouldn't downplay T'Chaka's role and yeah. contributions to Wakanda because he was a good king. Mm-hmm. Um, but T'Challa was better, right? So mm-hmm. in which way for us as men, man, as fathers, a question I have for us, bro, is are we living lives such that our children, without even hearing our words, are inspired to greatness and to manhood just by seeing what a man is and does by looking at our lives? Mm. And that's something yeah. I think about almost daily, man, is... What example am I giving my children? Absolutely. And, and I'll, I'll say this, you know, the, the biggest thing, one of the, one of actually, if one of, if not the biggest problem in the world is there are too many boys and not enough men. And so whenever my wife and I were, you know, wanting to have kids, you know, thankfully we did have a girl and we, and we had, a, we had one of each, we had a boy and a girl. And that was just something, you know, lots of men want to have boys 
for different reasons. You know, they want them to play sports and they want them to have this bond or whatever. But my biggest reason for wanting to have a son is because there are not enough great men out there. And I wanted the opportunity to raise one. Like, and that's, that was important to me. And I still feel like, I mean, I mean, it still is important to me, but am I doing what I'm supposed to do to do that? To, to 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 raise a, a better man than I am, and I, I have to say I'm not doing. I'm not obviously. I'm not. I, nobody's perfect. I'm not doing the best that I can. I should be. I should be. I, I, we should all be working harder, right? Oh man, that's that's deep but, right but there. You know, it is, but at the same time, you know, me being a believer in Christ, man. If we try to do this in our own strength, we're gonna fail. Our endeavors must be rooted in the acceptance that we have from our Heavenly Father. That our Heavenly Father says that you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And from Mm. that grounds of acceptance, unconditional and free, because it's in Christ and we're in Christ, chosen by the Father, sealed by the Spirit. We now can work our butts off from a position of rest and acceptance. We're not working to earn acceptance from our father. We already have it. So therefore that inspires our own endeavors to live these lives of godly manhood so that our sons can grow in a context where, dude, I know what it is to be a man because I lived with one. And I know manhood because I've seen a man, a real man, a good man, a man who, yes, sinned and messed up. He wasn't a perfect man. He wasn't a perfect man, but he was a good man. And if I can die with my children, my son saying, my dad was not perfect. He did X, Y, and Z wrong. But he, at the end of the day, my father was a good man. Now, if I can, if they can say that, man, that'll be one of the best things. I can, one of the best things I can die, eat happy. If my sons, I mean, you know, as a Christian, I'm die happy anyway, but still, you know what I mean? I, I can, die, <laughs> yeah. I, I can, I can die happy, man. As long as my kids, you know what I mean? If my kids can just say mm-hmm. he wasn't a perfect man, perfect father, perfect husband, but he was a good husband, a good man and a good father. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. That's, man. that's, that's all we could, we, that's all we should ever really hope for. To, I mean, to be honest, we can give them all these things, but that's the one thing at the end of the day, you want your kids to say that you're a good man. You want your, your spouse to say that you're a good man. You want your, all of your loved ones to say that that's a good man. Um, yeah. And one, one last thing that I wanted to mention is at, at the end of the film, when he does the outreach facility, um, that is another lesson in and of itself. We have all been given gifts, um, some more than others, but some are financially and some are just, you know, with our talents. Um, Like we're we're supposed to be using those to help others and not just bottling them up inside and holding them for ourselves. And that's what, you know, historically, that's what Wakanda was doing. They were, they were keeping them for themselves but T'Challa comes out and says, no, I'm going to buy this building, that building, that building, and we're going to give back, you know? Yes. 
Oh man, that was just it's just Bro, so cool to me. Using using our gifts for the betterment. Are we using the gifts that God has given us just to make us and our families better and wealthy, which isn't bad? But or are we using it to help our families, but also those around us, our communities and others who need help? It's like Nakia said, you know, Nakia said that we have enough resources to to help everyone here and everyone out there. So it's it's okay to build wealth for your family and want better things for your family to, for them to be comfortable and 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 secure. But also you need to, you know, take care of others as well. Yep. I mean, that's mm. <laughs> And it's not Bro, just money. It's not just money. It's it's time and resources. It's it's talent. What talents? What gift has God given you for others to use? Uh, for you to use to to help others, to bless others. One thing mm-hmm. that my mother says is the saying, um, God blesses you to be a blessing to others. So who are yeah. we blessing? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my mom. For sure. Well, I think that's that's about it, man. Unless you had something to add. No, bro. This was good, bro. I honestly, man, I, I appreciate the invite. This has been a it's been a good time and you know, uh talking about these lessons in the black panther film man and i'm looking forward to uh black panther wakanda forever in in november yeah i'm sure i'm sure sure there'll be be more lessons for us to chop it up so bro bring me back for part two when black panther wakanda forever comes out man we can chop it up about that one too we'll do let's have a little bit of fun and go ahead and tell me why uh mcu care uh the mcu villains are better than dc villains (laughs) ah man most of the DC Good. villains, at least the ones on screen, have been more the two-dimensional, ha-ha-ha, I'm evil, you know, doomsday and whatever. Besides, I'm not talking about Lex Luthor. Um, and I know you can make an argument about the Joker, but when you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, man, you have Thanos. You have uh, Killmonger. Uh, who else? Oh, even Everett Ross. Uh, from Civil War with the Accords. He's not a quote-unquote enemy, but uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? General... General yeah, um, I can't think of the guy's name. Yeah. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross or whatever his name was. Uh, rest in peace to that actor who just he just passed away. But... Um, we yeah, heard. Man, I, I think even with him, there's a reason why he wants the Accords. Uh, what about even Baron Zemo? Not saying he's... Of course, his methods are right, but man, there's a reason why he is so against the Avengers. And y'all think you can just do whatever you want. And because of that, you, in his mind, are somewhat responsible for killing my family, who you were supposed to save. You guys are out of control. Think about the African country where Wanda, you know, can't control it. So for me, I've seen, at least on screen, I'm not talking about uh, comics, but on the big screen, I think I've seen more nuanced characters. And I know people may not like this example, but suck it up, Buttercup, because I do. Carly and the Flag Smashers from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where everyone comes back and now they're being displaced and they feel marginalized. And I love Captain America's uh, shout out to, to, to Cap. I love what he says. And he's talking to the government officials like, you guys need to think about the fact that you're 
hurting these people and that they're so angry that they're willing to do this just to get you to listen. Just listen to them and stop automatically labeling them with terrorists. And that goes, you know, to our real world, how quick we are to label people who we don't agree with as a reason to not hear them out, hear their heart, which, and that goes on the left and right. And that goes against the way of Christ for Christians. So yeah, man, at least in my experience, I think I've seen more nuanced characters from uh, the MCU. That's what I will say. Yeah, but you've also seen like three times as many movies in the MCU too. So true. Well, but here's <laughs> but the thing: here's, that ain't that ain't the MCU's fault. If the, if Warner Brothers can get the act together, mm-hmm. and I mean, my thing: you you have a perfect Superman. Yeah, and you're not using him, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. It's it's like you being it's like you play basketball for a pickup league. And you're down by one point with two seconds left on the clock. And you have Steph Curry on the sidelines. I was just going to yeah. Bro, you got Steph uh-huh. Curry. But you don't put Steph Curry in. Uh-huh. And it's like, why? He's going <laughs> to make the shot nine out of ten times. Mm-hmm. You have Henry Cavill who literally is saying, I have my suit in my closet. He <laughs> He's like, I have ideas for his Man of Steel sequel. So my thing is this, you're right. But the reason why there's more MCU movies is because MCU actually has some common sense, bro. Warner yeah. Brothers, I'm like, I don't understand. And if I'm Warner Brothers, I would I'm not a big I'm not the biggest Zack Snyder fan, but bro, I would give them I would let Zack Snyder make two more movies and then reboot it mm-hmm. and you can do your own thing. Mm-hmm. It's a win-win. Let Snyder finish up his movie, and then at the end of that movie, we can do the Flashpoint movie and reboot the DCEU and do something different. So the Snyder fans are happy. Everyone is happy. And guess what? We make money. Here's here's the thing with, with the WB and the DCEU. Um, Disney just throws money at Marvel and says, do it. Like, here, here's here's your money. Um, and Kevin Feige is, this, is the executive producer, and his vision comes out throughout the entire thing. Like, WB wants to have their hands on everything and it drives me nuts. Like that's why, that's why everybody trashes Batman V Superman because they didn't see the real Batman V Superman. They saw this two hour mess that they threw together. Same thing with justice league because you didn't see the real justice league that the justice league that they put out there was garbage. But dude, that four hour Epic that came out last year was phenomenal. And like, (laughs) I, I, I'm a Zack Snyder fan. I, yeah. I think once but, you see his yeah. vision play out, and, and I, I feel the same way about James Gunn and the same way about David Ayer, there is mm-hmm. a good film in Suicide Squad buried in there that we just, it did not have time to flesh out. Okay, you're going to hate me for this. Yeah. I actually liked the 2016 theatrical Suicide Squad more than James Gunn's. That's fine, but because oh, okay, I, okay, look, look. I actually, I actually really liked it. Um, Me too. I, I, actually, I think if if David Ayer would have been able to do his entire vision, because there's more footage that he shot. That's not the full movie that he wanted. I think it could have been better. Um, so that's why I'm saying release the Ayer cut right now. I'd like to. I, w- I want to watch it just like we watched the Snyder cuts of the of his movies. So I, I think if if WB would, you know stay out of the kitchen 
and let the directors that are hired to do a job, let them do their job. And you will, they will have, they will have had a lot more products or a lot or a lot better products. And they would have had more people getting into the movies and they would have been able to make more. So they, yeah, it's WB's fault. It's 100% WB's fault. Oh, 100%. And, man. You have so many talented actors and actresses. If you just trust the people and step uh-huh. back. And honestly, I look at what they're doing with Superman and Lois on the CW. And man, that show is still going strong. Like, I'm like, just, just do what you're doing for Superman and Lois with the movies, man. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't get it, bro. You literally have Henry Cavill, who's like shaped like a Greek god. <laughs> he has a Superman physique. He can act. He seems mm-hmm. like a good dude. People love him. Men, women, mm-hmm. women adore him. They think he's super attractive. Men want to be him. I'm like, it's a win, 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 win for all of you guys. Just uh-huh. let him, this man do his thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, anyways, and, man, I'll, and I'll I'll talk as far as you know, you're talking about villains that we can that we can relate to. And, and I know this film gets crapped on all the time, but I've got my reasons for really, really, really liking this film, and a lot of it has to do with Max Lord, like that character, Wonder Woman eighty four. Yes. First thing, I really like that movie. Second Thank thing. You. Second thing, I really like Maxwell Lord, bro. At the end of the movie, knowing why he's doing what he does brought tears to my eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know what people, in my opinion, who crap on Wonder Woman 84, I'm like, I just don't get it. I really like that movie. Now, there are some problematic things. Like, just for all your listeners, bro, if the spirit of your dead ex- boyfriend or girlfriend comes back and indwells another person's body please don't sleep with that person please don't sleep with your 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 ex in someone else's body <laughs> that is very problematic and i guarantee you it's not going to end well for you don't do that um so there's some i, I admit there's even yeah. watching i was like oh baby what you doing that's someone else's body and i'm like girl girl diana what you doing fam this ain't gonna end well all i'm saying though overall though overall yeah. I love I love Cheetah, but Maxwell Lord, bro. Yes, uh, yes, I one hundred percent. I'm so happy to meet someone who likes that movie. <laughs> yes, dude, I love it so much, man. Bro, I, I might actually, I might actually go watch it tonight. I'm, I'm, I, I might too. Well, it's it's a lot later here than it is there, um, but I'm I'm probably gonna watch it soon. But man, that movie, uh, and and I don't think I have ever cried in theater at a at a comic book movie i i didn't even see i'm a huge tony stark fan i didn't yeah. even cry i didn't even cry spoiler spoiler warning i didn't even cry when tony stark died but what? when when <laughs> that scene with him and his son with max lord and his son at the end that broke me man like i was mm, yeah i was sobbing that way when he hugs him and bro yes yes okay yeah. so i agree with that I agree with that. I agree that Max Lord is very sympathetic, very nuanced. So here's the thing. I like what MCU puts out more because they've put out more quality. But I'm more of a DC fan. Because Superman, Superman is my favorite hero, superhero of all time. 
That's specifically, fair. Specifically, Kal-El. I can't wait to see J.J. Abrams and Michael B. Jordan's Superman, his Valzad series from Earth 2. And I'm wondering, will we maybe see Michael B. Jordan's Valzad meet up with Robert Pattinson's uh, The Batman Ooh. since since The Batman is supposedly on Earth 2? Mm, that's interesting. And if Valzad is going to be a younger Superman, we can have a younger Superman and Batman meet up. I'm just saying, I have hope, bro. Well, since they're making a Flash movie, you know, the sky is the limit with this. Because... And historically with DC, uh, the Flash is the, the key character that can make all, you know, chaos happen yeah. as far as, as far as the universes and the worlds go. So like something could happen with the Flash and put a, put them in some kind of flashpoint to where, you know, I, I would love to see, uh, supposedly Michael Keaton is coming back, which is what (laughs) so yeah i'm just i'm anxious to see what happens with with the multiverse on this so uh, i'm 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 excited hopefully we can uh come back here and talk about it bro let's do it dog let's do it man well thanks for coming on um real quick why don't you just kind of let everyone know how they can get in touch with you yeah i'm on facebook um Anthony English, man, uh, hit hit a brother up. Love to, you know, talk with you guys and just, you know, kick it online. If you go on uh, Twitter, I'm under uh, Lamont English. And then on Instagram, AntEnglish89. And uh, don't you do a podcast as well? Yes, yes. Me and uh, Curry Morris, we haven't recorded in a bit. Both been extremely busy, but hopefully we'll get some uh, new recordings coming since we have Kenobi coming out in May, May 27th. And I might be recording from Star Wars Celebration because Lord willing, your boy will be there dressed up as a Jedi with my purple lightsaber in Anaheim. Cannot wait. Can't wait to meet some folk. But uh, yeah, we, you know, we're uh, Nerd City Central on YouTube. Nerd City Central. Yep, you heard that. Check that out. Nerd City Central. Uh, I'm going to have to get on there sometime. Bro, let's go. And nerd out. (laughs) I love it. Uh, it. Yeah, thanks for coming on though, for real. Uh, I really do do appreciate it, man. Seriously, it's been been a good time. I've been enjoying myself. Yeah, me too. I enjoyed it. Uh, But yeah, for everybody out there listening, all you men out there, just remember you've got to man up.